for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pleb Underground YouTube show. We dive into the hopium, the shitcoin corner. We cover the numbers, and today we've got very special guests, okay? They wrote the book Bitcoin for Kiddos, and they've got a brand new book, 99 Signs, You Might Be a Bitcoin Maximalist. That's right. I'm talking about Chris and Frida Bobby. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly. No, it no. is actually Bobe, but thank you for having us. <laughs> okay, okay, next time. Next time I'll get it right, but thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, without further ado, you guys know what's going on. We are going to dive into the numbers. Here we go. The numbers, of course, brought to us by timechainstats.com. That's timechainstats.com. All right. Thank you very much, Walton, for that nice, warm introduction. And shout out to timechainstats.com. That's right. If you didn't hear it three times, well, now you did. Um, all right. Here we go. Twice? You only said it twice? All right. Well, twice plus me once. There we go. Three times. You're better at math than I am, so let's just be honest about that. Okay. At the time of this recording, the block height is 761,605. The Bitcoin price, 20,215. Total public lightning capacity, 5,141.03 Moscow Phil, time. Just something to show you actually on that lightning capacity. We talk about you, the, you the lightning capacity. Can you let me finish capacity. the numbers? No, just, just let me finish them. I mean, I guess we can. <laughs> Can't. <laughs> let's, let's just finish them, okay? And we'll take a look. Go on then. All right, just the all right, Moscow time 49:47 and the chain rewrite days 753. Those are the numbers. Walton, what do we want to look at? The change of numbers, the change of numbers, the change of lightning capacity specifically. We look at uh when uh Plebnet was founded just about uh 18 months ago or so and see since then I don't know what what you see but to me I see a significant change uh not not to say that plebnet is the the sole reason for this uh but but educational communities um open source educational communities where they're um you know helping people learn um certainly accelerates um adoption um especially of the, the more technical aspects of bitcoin and certainly running a lightning node um is one of those that is a really cool stat, I, and I didn't, I, I didn't even realize the uh, the correlation. And so, look, shout out to the plebnet, right? Because at the end of the day, the more people get educated on Lightning, the more comfortable people feel, uh, the easier, the easier with which they'll be willing to, you know, to dive in and quote unquote be reckless. Um, Chris, Frida, what are your uh, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, do you guys do you run a lightning node? There's no right or wrong answer. Not everybody. Some people just like on chain only. Some people like both. Some people just want to use lightning. What are your guys' thoughts on lightning? No, we have our own node. Um, I run transactions through it, but I haven't really done too much with the lightning network yet. I feel like there's a learning curve in there that I really got to be focused in and really dial in what I'm doing. Um, and then there's all the the, the backup stuff that you got to do for it too to make sure you don't lose your points. Um, so not yet. Yeah. That, that's a very good point, right? Uh, that's something that I could say, especially Watch in the beginning. Tower. Sorry. Watchtowers. Watchtowers. That's right. Watchtowers. Remember the last channel state that you had, but still you want to make sure you're doing channel backups to Chris's point. Okay. So <laughs> definitely important to do the channel backups. I once had, uh, I think some it was of the like things eight... now have automatic channel backups. Yeah. I once had like 8% of a BTC that was gone for like a year uh, because I did not do channel backups. So, and I was able to get it back, but it took a lot of asking around. Uh, anyways, all right, let's dive into our main discussion for- Phil, just before that, I have yeah. one, one, further, one further number to share. Um, and, and that's about um, how, in fact, no, before, before I share it, what multiple- of the value of global trade do you think is fx trading value so essentially if mm. we look at how much like like how much you know things are traded globally the the value of that how much foreign currency is traded relative to that what do you think you know what 
I'm going to do something terrible and I'm going to defer the question to Chris and Frida first. Oh, geez. Uh, well, let's, let's dial in on the question. Are you talking about daily volume or annual volume? Um, well, I don't, I don't think it makes a difference because I guess day, daily is just then you just divide it by, by 365. Sorry? He's trying to buy us more time. Yeah, it's a nice try. It's a nice try. Anyway, I'll, 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 I'll share the actual, the actual number is... 75 times the value of global trade uh, is how much FX trading uh, goes on. Um, why is that notable? Well, it's notable because, well, banks and exchanges and intermediaries and custodians are getting a cut of this. Mm. Bitcoin in the long term is going gonna, is gonna to remove the need for foreign currency exchange. Uh, and that's a big cut of... Uh, the the revenues of some of these financial institutions so what i'm hearing is what i'm hearing is is that there's going to be more people that are going to have to figure out a way to provide value in society rather than just simply skimming off the top of people's losses this is what i'm understanding <laughs> so that, yeah that's it again bitcoin's about removing removing middlemen from financial processes totally agree yeah totally at the end of the day, you know, those banks that are getting those, I mean, they're commissions, right? So there's, it's a zero risk trade for the bank. All they are a facilitator. So they don't care how much you spend or how much you, you buy or sell. They just care that you do it. Just like a financial advisor for the most part. This is true. This is true. And as we unfortunately learn, it seems that even the financial advisors to some of the wealthier people. I just realized financial yeah. advisors are basically influencers like they get yeah. paid to push certain products nonsense and in mm -hmm. some cases they don't even in some cases they don't even provide a lot of the background work they they literally just it's like a they should be getting paid a finder's fee but instead they're getting paid to manage your money <laughs> whatever that means and then they're being managed right where like they can't offer bitcoin and things like that right because it's really not it's not their opinion after all. They're so incentivized by the industry. So Yeah, they're like, here's your prospectus. Let me open to page five. Here's what you need to pay attention to. Don't worry about the other 10 pages. Just page five has to do with your returns. <laughs> you know, go ahead and we'll just invest your money in that. This is exactly it, right? They, <laughs> you know, do the least, right? Do the least so that you can get the fees, which is really scary. All right, we're going to move on from that topic, though, and we're going to get into a very serious topic that is just completely crippling crippling the bitcoin community it's got everybody everybody's upset everyone's fighting what am i talking about talking about the sats symbol all right now i'm gonna pop them up over here there's there's two sat symbols all right i'm gonna pop them up wait is it over here or over here i'm gonna pop them up over here okay so that everybody knows what we're talking about there's but like I'm also, five but i assume there's you're talking about the two good ones i'm talking Phil. about the I'm, I'm talking about the two that are actually being argued about okay and then i'm gonna introduce a third a, a third angle to this problem as if we don't have enough so let's let's dive into it okay all right here we go this is the first tweet from kaz at btc kaz great bitcoiner cool dude Definitely give them a follow. During this bear market, I would like to start a crowdsource movement to develop a new symbol for sats. No offense to whoever made the current one, but it's objectively horrible and it's clear it's not been accepted by the community. The future of Bitcoin is sats. Okay, so let's take a look at that symbol. All right. Now. Here's a Who says that's the current one, though, Phil? It's, I don't really understand. It's just an assumption. It's just an assumption, right? It, that's exactly the point. That's why we're going to have this debate. Because who says that's the current one? It's not my symbol for sats. So here's the one from Bitco, okay? Fellow Bitcoiner who does amazing, amazing art and does a lot of a lot of really cool avatars for, for fellow Bitcoiners, such as myself. And here we go. Let's take a look at this symbol. All right, that kind of makes sense, I think. But of course, I'm biased. All right, so we've got the two symbols. And then of course, in typical Bitcoiner fashion, you, you can't just have you, you can't just have this simple do we choose a or b all right because then we have a tweet from not grubles when are we going to collectively realize bits is the only viable option <laughs> so, so forget about sats okay he's talking bits okay we're going to leave bits out of it i just wanted to introduce the bits part just to trigger the people who hate bits it was it's just it's just for fun but frida uh chris you know, you guys, I, I love, I love what you guys, I love what you guys write. I think that the books that you guys are making are simple and they're fun. And I want to know 
what your take is on the two symbols. Which one do you like best and why? And if you don't I'm like gonna... either, that's okay too. I mean, if I have to choose between the two, I would just default to the second version because the first one would, to me, would either be a symbol for a shish kebab or a hamburger slider. Uh, I really don't see. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's just like, I, I am always about like keeping Bitcoin simple. And, you know, I come a lot of, across a lot of people that don't even understand what a Satoshi is. And so to then bring them to a symbol that is really foreign looking, right? Yeah. It's really, really tricky. So I, I don't think we've found the ultimate symbol yet, to be honest with you. I think aesthetically speaking, I like the second one a little bit better, to be honest with you, even though the first one has been, you know, adopted in the community. But I do agree, it's not intuitive. So but I, we'll see. I, Hopefully there's more artists out there coming up with new ideas. But uh, but I'm hearing that you're you're not 100% sold on, on the second one either. That, no, not 100%. Not 100%, yep. right? Yeah, yep. I know. Yep, yep. Right. All it's right. tricky. It is tricky. Walton, what are your what are your thoughts on, on this debate? Who wins? Who loses? Why? I, I think I think we just use the dollar symbol. So you're introducing another <laughs> because, vector to this problem. No, no, because well, oh, it's either that or the SAT symbol. But I've just I I I say the SAT. I mean like you know What's the SAT symbol. As in, well, to me, yeah, I realize, yeah, it's confusing now. It's tautological or something. But like it. Yeah, no. The either Bitco symbol <laughs> or the dollar symbol or none. I don't know why you need a symbol. Like I'm kind of with Dieter on this one. Like I don't think you need a symbol. Yeah, do we have a do we really have a symbol for cents? You know, dollars and cents. It's really just a dollar sign and a zero with a point and then the cents, right? Like I mean it would get complicated to it it is complicated to put the B and then, you know. See see then you're almost leaning towards the bits way because they're like, oh yeah, your coffee's gonna be three bits and ninety nine sats. Oh, that sounds awful. I don't um, like the bits. Yeah, I don't I'm like the bits. I'm not a bits fan either. either. I, I think bits are weird. Don't I think put it's words the people that, who though. are obsessed with standard form because standard form is popular with like, uh, uh, you know, when you have three orders, like ten to the power of three, ten to the power of six, etc. And so ten to the minus six is is a millionth of a bitcoin, what they want to call a bit. But yeah. I believe the white paper only describes uh, Bitcoin, and actually, it meant the original use was that Sats were meant to be called Bitcoins. No, I think you're. I think you're right. But I've also heard people use what is it uh, like S BTC, right? Like the small S yeah, I think and that's big ugly. BTC? To me, that looks to me that looks like a shitcoin because it's like yeah. you know, like WBTC is wrapped Bitcoin or something <laughs> like this. Like it's, I just see... it looks like a shitcoin. That 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 that. I don't think, yeah, I don't see why you can't just use the word sats, but I just want I to see point Roger out. Ver and oh, Craig Wright just in the back room trying to just confuse people. Yeah, I do. I do like the like idea of just of just writing out sats. I've always like been a fan of that. Makes it simple, you know. But artistically speaking, it would be cool. Like, I mean, like you know, I'm wearing a Bitcoin sweater. Like, I I kind of want to like spot the Satoshi sweater at some point, maybe you know, as like Bitcoin. You know, rises in price, and but I think we can all agree that it's definitely not the the hamburger. <laughs> yeah, we can agree no. on that, hundred yeah. percent. I think yeah, Thunderbird use use a vertical hand hamburger as their as their symbol uh, for Sats in app. So uh, Thunderbird, get rid of it. Change 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 it to something better. <laughs> I just I just want to point out that there there was an endorsement. Thunderbird, I meant Thunderhub. Apologies. That's all good. I think people knew what you meant, or at least I hope they did. Um, what I was going to say was, was that during this conversation, there was an endorsement for something that Dieter Bob said. So shout out to you, Dieter Bob, the angry Chihuahua, doesn't usually get a lot of endorsements. <laughs> so, so I think he's, uh, I, think, I think that's a good one on him. Okay. Anyways, we are going to move on from the numbers into the hopium. The hopium brought to us by represent now what does represent represent well it's owned by a bitcoiner and so therefore you know it represents quality proof of work uh, and longevity here you can see some excellent items modeled by my beautiful assistant philip quality apparel excellent prices represent ltd.com that's represent ltd.com for the hopium we are going to take a look at 
actual hopium. You know, usually it's just something that we can, you know, we can bag on and say that it's not real or whatever it is. But you know what? Maybe this one, maybe this one's actually pretty decent. Okay, so here we go. Let's dive right into it right now. MoneyGram to allow Bitcoin buying and selling across their retail network. Right. So th think about it, you know, while while the Bitcoin price is down and Bitcoin is dead and never growing, somehow these businesses, specifically the money changer businesses, are introducing the rails for Bitcoin. MoneyGram International said Wednesday it'll allow customers to buy and sell Bitcoin for cash at 12,000 U.S. retail locations through a partnership with CoinMe. The cash transfer company plans to introduce Bitcoin trades in 20,000 stores across 32 states by Q3. CoinMe CEO Neil Berquist told Coindesk, his crypto firm already facilitates cash for Bitcoin swaps at around 6,000 supermarket kiosks. Fewer than 3,000 crypto kiosks and tellers allow users to sell their Bitcoin in person, though nearly 17,000 locations facilitate buys. Actually, wasn't really aware of that because I don't use uh, Bitcoin ATMs. So it's good to know. This is where it gets kind of funny. Until recently, a major partner of Ripple Labs, MoneyGram, received tens of millions of dollars to use the XRP token for cross-border transactions. That's right, all you XRP army idiots, okay? When, I, when we tell you that they are dumping their bags at all-time highs to keep the lights on, this is what they're doing with your money. They're taking it and they're paying people to try to use this garbage that no one is going to use. MoneyGram wouldn't even use it, and they're desperate. Anyways. <laughs> hey, Phil, this isn't shitcoin corner. I know, I know, but I just thought it was so funny. Okay, the relationship ended in March after the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission filed suit against Ripple Labs last year. Aw, it's a security. What a shock. Okay, so... During an appearance on Coindesk's TV's First Mover Wednesday, Holmes reflected on the breakup. It's unfortunate what happened with Ripple, he said. It was a great pilot for us and really moved us, I think, progressively forward in blockchain. And I'll add my own piece to this. Towards what Bitcoin. What does that mean? You know what it means? It means they, they used Ripple to learn how to figure out that they don't want shit coins and now they're using Bitcoin. Anyways, however, he cited the challenges that they're facing today with the SEC and government regulation, which continues to be a big topic in the uh, shitcoin space, adding that it may uh, adding that it made it very difficult to continue to operate, particularly in the United States. But we'll see where that goes down the road. Let me tell you, people, it goes absolutely nowhere down the road. Okay, this is the this was the fun part of this. I, I want people to understand. Okay, there is no as as all of us here on the show know there is no Bitcoin corporation. There is no Bitcoin CEO. There is no one to go and give MoneyGram millions of dollars to use Bitcoin. But look at that, right? XRP does have a CEO. They do have a president. They do have a board of directors. They are a company and they paid MoneyGram tens of millions of dollars to use their shitcoin, and they won't. So to me, that is hopium. That tells me, okay, that tells me that in the long run, we are winning the battle against shitcoins because the people who are building the rails, okay, in the legacy system, they're trying to use this crap and it's not working. Anyways. Well, before, I have yeah. mixed feelings because- Mixed feelings. The, Tell me about the, the Walton. Well, the, the, I don't know what the guy was called, but he talked to it. They definitely said the word crypto a million times instead of Bitcoin. Um uh, the fact that the CEO is very worried about the SEC and, and regulatory things means that actually he is focused on shitcoins and not Bitcoin, because if you were focused on Bitcoin solely, you'd be much less concerned about, about regulatory oversight, because Bitcoin is the only one that is decentralized and hence the only one that is actually censorship resistant. I like it. Yeah. On that topic, too. Uh, you know, XRP, so if they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to promote this through that one platform, that means, and we all know that it's a shit coin and it's going to zero, and the buyers of this coin are there, is their exit liquidity. So basically what they're doing is they're taking this exit liquidity and they're just giving it over to someone else trying to prop up their own coin. I mean, it's surprising that you don't see BitBoy out there talking about how, you know, with his XRP army, 
uh, you know, how great it is. But oh, wait, I forgot. X they pay him, you know, probably hundreds of thousands of dollars also to shill that shit for. Wait, I think you need to do like a real chart, you know, because I've heard the term tokenomics, but apparently you've just described it perfectly is 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 the the shitcoiners take in money and then they pay a bunch of people to try and create hype about their product to try and push the price up. That's the tokenomics and that's it for all of them, for all of them. Yeah. And I actually would like to just add uh, to um, to Chris's point as well. So. Interestingly enough, it doesn't take very much for a company to be a uh, to be in a partnership with another company. And one of my ways of debunking shitcoins, I call it the partnership parade. Okay, they show you that they're partners with somebody, and then all of a sudden, it it, it creates this validation, this this hopium validation, where it's like, wait a second, these guys actually have collaborations. These guys are working with these partners. Let me tell you something. If you've ever worked in a giant corporation, and you've been partners, you know that it doesn't mean shit. Okay, you, you know that it means absolutely nothing. It's not going to mean anything for the bottom line. So that's that's kind of one of the reasons I, I think that this is just absolutely ridiculous. So Ripple Labs paid the millions of dollars and then they can go and put out an article that they are partnering with MoneyGram. Right. And I remember that article when it said XRP partnering with MoneyGram. And all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, that's it. That's it. XRP is going to get used. You know, it's replacing the SWIFT network. No, no, it's not. No. Just crickets. Well, didn't <laughs> anyway. the CEO of, uh, of of Ripple Labs also, when uh, the whole Greenpeace thing about Bitcoin energy, yeah. wasn't he out shilling the the negative energy effects of Bitcoin over over Ripple or XRP? Oh yeah, yeah. Brad, Brad is always out there, ready to try and kick the imaginary leg out from Bitcoin. Not only that, but he also kindly helped provide a framework for CBDCs for the government. Bless his heart. Just like yeah, dude oh, all around. He's such a good citizen. That's really like the one of the, the, the two main key things when I, you know, when I first got down the rabbit hole with Bitcoin of understanding like how decentralized it truly is, you know. And I remember like having conversations with Chris about it, who was down the rabbit hole first, and like the grasping of that nobody owns it was so essential to me of being able to understand you know, more about the, the culture, about Bitcoin and also like buying into it. It was just mind boggling. Like, took, I remember it took me like a couple of days to like truly grasp, you know, how, because, you know, like people are not nice per se, you know, but the core of, of everybody, like, you know, we're all just like really bastards when it comes down to it. But somehow Bitcoin has accomplished this that none of us could. And so that's, that's really cool. You know what? I really like that you, that you worded it that way because it's true right? Like human beings, right? We, we have to survive. We're on the material plane. There is going to be an element of greed, right? There's an element of selfishness. Every single one of us is separate from each other in this material plane. So as a result, we can't stop those things. And the beauty of Bitcoin is, is that it essentially hijacked our incentives to, to do good in the pursuit of our own greed. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. You got to hand it to them, you know, like this was, this was some good game theory. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. Well, that's guys. That's what we've got for the Hopium today. That is going to wrap up this segment. Walton, we are going to move on over to the Shitcoin Corner. The Shitcoin Corner brought to you by Crypto Cloaks. That's CryptoCloaks.com. Over here, you see Philip modeling the Honey Badger. Now, the Honey Badger has a secret compartment in which you can keep your FUD dice or perhaps a signing device. You can also purchase other uh, 3D printed items such as the Hodlanot mini helmet. Uh, if you purchase this item specifically, 50% of it, the costs uh, will go to defendingbtc.com, a very worthy cause. And if you use the code pleb underground over at cryptocloaks.com you will get five percent off that's using the code pleb underground phil this week on shitcoin corner i i have a couple of things i want to show you and actually once again i'm looking in part not just at the um the, the crypto shitcoins but also uh, at the fiat world first i'd like to show you um japan 
is a shitcoin. Uh, Japan, um, you can see uh, their their uh, foreign currency reserves are being used to try and um, defend their currency, uh, and it's not working. Um, Japan um, is further ahead in uh, the debt spiral that, that all of these uh, countries are in, where uh, they have an increasing percentage of... Um, of their tax returns going to pay the debt, sorry, going to pay the interest on the debt. So right now for the US, for example, I think it's about 15% of tax receipts go to interest on federal debt. Um, and and as uh, the sovereign debt, uh, federal debt uh, expires, as, as the bonds mature, um, they have to get re renewed often, and this is going to be at higher rates. The US has a huge amount of debt um, that is expiring in the next couple of years, and as a consequence, the the that that percentage of how much of your tax receipts are going to pay the interest is going to jump significantly. And I believe the US will will go to something like the second country in the world in terms of what percentage of tax receipts go to pay interest on on debt. And this so this is just round the corner um, um, for 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 many many countries. Uh, but yeah, Japan leading the way um, in 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 burning um, while while also melting as a as a currency, the yen. Hey, Walton, um, didn't Japan? If I'm not mistaken, didn't Japan? Are they're the ones that suffered through the lost decade, right? Because they printed way too much money too quickly. Was that them? Japan are just kind of ahead of everyone else on the same. Uh, the same journey but i think it's even worse because i think they, they also have the one of the kind of most top heavy populations um mm. so that 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 exacerbates things as well because you have a lot of lot of pensioners um and That's a it. reducing number of workers and so yeah japan is 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 wrecked in 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 many ways um so are yeah, back in the comments? 80s oh sorry go back ahead, in the Chris. 80s when uh back in the 80s when they when that all started uh, you know, Japan was being talked about in the news about being the next up and coming, you know, uh, world reserve currency and a real competitor to United States dom dominance and all this other stuff. Only, only to show that you know, if you manipulate your currency, it's it's really just a pyramid scheme that at some point is just going to crumble around you. But I, uh, I have another reason actually. If you consider J Japan, Japan has one of the highest population densities of any of any country. Um, and actually, this just has come to me. I'm sure this is to do with energy. I'm sure Japan has relatively expensive. I know I know they have a lot of nuclear, but of course they shut down a lot of that after Fukushima. I'm sure Japan has probably had you know some some significant energy costs, and that's got to reduce your your you know ability to compete internationally. So are they just printing more money still? I'm just trying to figure out, like, is I, I, I read a news article, I think it was like two days ago, or it was just, you know, kind of being floated out there that they just had a new debt issuance and their central bank bought 100% of it. Yeah, okay, so they're robbing Peter to pay Peter. <laughs> yeah. like, I know that people say robbing Peter to pay Paul, but that doesn't exist, okay? There is no Paul. It's all Peter, and Peter's just taking out of one pocket, he's putting it in another pocket, and for some reason, there's this element of, like, some type of, I don't know, dementia that occurs when that happens and he pretends that it's new money that's the only way that so, i can explain it so some some of what's happening of, of course isn't just isolated to individual countries but you have capital flight um as a consequence of of the differing interest rates between these different countries so with the u.s hiking hiking rates kind of ahead of other people you're seeing capital flow to the u.s away from other countries which is actually you know pushing down these other currencies relative to the dollar um and so you you're getting yeah lots of kind of compounding um effects and actually kind of further on this on this concept of um how um how how it how decisions are made in isolation if we look at the united states um there's a lot of pressure from from some people uh, that that we should have a bitcoin etf um now to me an etf is a shit coin because not your keys not your coins um but nonetheless, some people think it's going to be um, good for Bitcoin in the long term. Again, I'm not sure because you look at what's the problem with gold. Well, the problem with gold was essentially it was uh, too much paper gold. 
an ETF is kind of just paper Bitcoin anyway, but they think, okay, maybe some boomer money is going to flow and it's going to make number go up. But why are we not seeing this? We've seen we've seen spot ETFs for Bitcoin, um, you know, listed on the Amsterdam exchange. We've seen them listed in Canada. Why has it not happened in the, in the United States? There have been futures ETF listed. Why is there no spot ETF for Bitcoin in the United States? Now, I'll share a little source here. Um, some guy called Matt Dines tweeting at Preston um, because Preston has been trying to ca campaign for this. Approve a spot coin, BT, uh, spot Bitcoin ETF. Preston tweeted at Gary Gensler, the SEC commissioner, uh, just a couple of days ago. And Matt Dines is saying that they can't do this right now because it will blow a hole in FX markets because of arbitrage opportunities via the share creation redemption mechanism, the special source of the ETF wrapper. So what does that mean? He says, you're talking about a spot ETF here. So to make new shares, the authorized participant will have to deliver in kind, i.e. they need to bring on-chain Bitcoin into settlement. The portfolio manager of the ETF will upload every day the exact weights, number of Bitcoin, and amount of USD to create or redeem one creation unit of shares in the ETF. Typically, one creation unit is set at 25,000 or 50,000 shares. Say the Bitcoin ETF is trading for $20 at NAV and one creation unit is 25,000. So a basket is $500,000 of market value and it's spot Bitcoin and so therefore... You need an AP to deliver in kind. AP being our authorized participant. If you're an AP and you need to deliver $500,000 in market value, which is about 25 Bitcoin at $20,000 Bitcoin, um, if you can then acquire 25 Bitcoin at any price less than that $20,000 per Bitcoin, you can pocket the difference between them. Now, this is known as arbitrage. Arbitrage opportunities um, are, are, are a core of what... Um, traders hedge funds hedge funds especially like are looking for in markets and um, this is why they have this concept of high frequency trading is because these arbitrage opportunities only often exist for a short period of time you can play yourself exchange arbitrage because you'll see say on two bitcoin exchanges there's a difference in price now if you can buy at the cheap one and sell at the more expensive one then you're making that arbitrage but arbitrage opportunities are what a lot of traditional finance uh, search for when they're trying to make their bucks it's zero sum games um but they are good for markets because it transfers liquidity um in, in a productive way now um as we said in a, in the etf world this is wall street they're all looking for these arbitrage opportunities and if it can be done it will get done as a consequence this is going to actually um cause further problems for uh, foreign currencies or well not to me the the pound is is, is of course my my uh, uh forced slave currency uh, but the yen and the euro or other uh, fiat currencies that um are going to suffer as a consequence um and so yeah the 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 argument that matt dines here is making although he he says maybe maybe they issue one to blackrock next week just despite him um is that the 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 spot etf is not being authorized right now because it will cause significant uh, problems in FX and bond markets. Um, and uh, as a consequence, essentially worsen um, relationships geopolitically between the US and its allies, potentially at a time when it, it can't afford to do so. Guys, your thoughts? I'll let, well, uh, I'll let... Oh, go ahead. I was going to yeah, say, sorry, I, I was going to say, Chris and Frida, go ahead. I think I'd have to read that post several more times before I fully digested it all. Uh, seems like a lot to unpack, but what I kept thinking is, wow. And just imagine if you added leverage on top of that. That's exactly so. it. I think that that's exactly the point, right? And they understand that that's exactly what's going to happen. And I think that that's kind of the reason, well, the excuse is, well, listen, because they can't tell you, they can't tell us that we have a fragile system, right? They can tell each other, look, this is all smoke and mirrors and it's all falling apart. But to the average person, the messaging needs to be, hey, we've got a strong, resilient financial system. But at the end of the day, 
I don't think it's really that strong, and I don't think it's really anti-fragile. And I think the fact that our system can't handle a Bitcoin spot ETF uh, with any degree of resiliency, I think that that's more, uh, again, right? Bitcoin shines the light on things that don't work properly. And I think that the people um, the people making these decisions understand very well, uh, to Chris's point, the first thing they're going to want to do is create a whole bunch of layers of leverage all on top of that, right? I, I mean, look, at the end of the day, that's what ended up sinking us in the 2008 mortgage crisis. I mean, look, the... the um, What's it called? There was the credit default swaps and the, the subprime mortgages. All of these are derivative products. Okay. All of these were products made of other products that were made of other products. So at the end of the day, you are literally looking at, you know, most likely seven layers of IOUs, which is really scary. And unfortunately, we can see that the financial magicians have absolutely no problem with doing this in order to enrich themselves. You know, it's just part of the game. Yeah, they take the commission, you know, like yeah. we talked about earlier. That's right, they you know, they paid. take other people's money, you know, convince them to make this trade and they take their commission and profits and go buy themselves a Lambo. I also don't think that they can come out and like openly say like, Bitcoin is good enough to be that, you know, because right now we still have that mainstream narrative that says like, oh, Bitcoin is a bit shady and like, watch out. And like, as soon as it drops, it's like, oh my God, you know, everything's going to zero. And like this alarming thing. And like, once they put it on their sheets, it's like, oh, well, we can't say that anymore now. You know, it's like validated. At that it's point, weird. So. They, they buy Lambos, they buy expensive, but unattractive designer goods why do they never spend money on personal trainers that's what i want to know <laughs> Look, this isn't about richard hart okay it's not about richard i didn't say yeah. any names i know you didn't i know you did it but i know what you're talking about it's terrible oh gosh yeah no unfortunately you know this is this is really the you know it's the bottom line and i just want to go back to the, the point that i made before bitcoin exposes everybody's incentives. So I, I think Frida, to, to your point, right? If they were to do this, so right now, let, let's just take a look at today's market. Uh, the Dow Jones was down, I don't know what, and Bitcoin was flat, right? This, this high risk Ponzi scheme was somehow flat on the day. And yet the trusted, you know, system enforced and backed markets were down. Really? So, you know what, I, I think to your point, if they do this, really what it's gonna do is it's gonna shine a light on their incompetence. And I think the last thing that they want is more attention on their incompetence. So I'm talking about Wall Street. I'm talking about Wall Street, I'm talking about yeah. the bankers, I'm talking about the treasury, I'm talking about all these wonderful people that, that rob Peter to pay Peter all the time. You know, when you really, when you really, when you, sorry, well, when, when you look at it too, you know, the, the conversation is about the zombie companies in the SA, in, in the S&P, right? And these are companies that revenues don't, they don't have enough revenues in order to pay their, their debt financing. But really governments are zombie governments because they have to employ a central bank in order to buy the debt that the public market doesn't want to buy from them at all. So basically they're spending more money than what the revenue they're bringing in and then they have the central bank offset the difference, which is literally the definition of what makes a zombie company a zombie company. They're taking a public money to fill the gaps so that they don't they can give the perception that they're not um, they're not a failing company. They don't have to fire people. And at the same time, the CEOs of these companies are making tens of millions of dollars a year in money that they didn't generate. Whereas me being a, you know, a 20 plus year sales professional, you know, it's all about the commission, right? It's about how much over the cost of the product can I make? And then I get a split of what the profit is. And these companies are not making a profit, but they're somehow able to show a profit because the because the government is giving them free loans at 0%, which then they can then leverage back into their own business, buy their shares back. Um, not in, uh, not invest that money in new research and development and better technologies, and just skim off the top of that and make it look like they're they're the golden children when really they're the devil in disguise. All I can think Very about well is said. we're still waiting on that Cybertruck from Tesla. 
it, that, that's just what that made me think of because I, I mean, I just, you know, that's my point of view on, on Elon. I think he's a government grifter and I think he's just really good at getting free money. And, mm -hmm. you know, four years later, no one's got that ugly, stupid truck. Just saying, mm -hmm. you know, but he's, but he got paid, you know, <clears throat> yeah. he got paid. But to your Phil, point, that's exactly what it is. I have you know? one, one further story on shit oh, okay, cool. this week, uh, right. which is um, about, and I, this is this is meant to be a warning. And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this a little bit short because um, I want we should focus on our guest today. Um, but um, there's a, there's a good article here. I'm gonna share it from a guy called uh, Son of Sats on, on Twitter, um, uh, and this is from um, his his medium. But essentially, um, this is a um, a warning that individuals um, should be very wary about anything built on top of Bitcoin. Now, I'm not talking about Lightning, although you should be wary of Lightning. You should you shouldn't be trusting anything. You should be verifying as much as you possibly can do. Um, here we're talking about stacks. Now, you may see some of these little weasels running around Twitter with .BTC after their name. They are not to be trusted. They are shitcoiners. Stacks essentially is Ethereum built on top of Bitcoin, uh, but there's a there's a there's a nice little article here from Son of Sats um, that we're gonna have a little look into um, how how this works. Now he says you should be stacking Sats, not stacks. A nice little nice little pun there, nice little rhyme. A deep but simplified look here into Stacks blockchain and its dangerously alluring and dishonest tactics to attract novice Bitcoiners. Now I'm not, I'm gonna skim past a bunch of stuff. So here's a, a section that I'd like us to, to focus on. The article's much longer, and you, if you follow the links in the show notes, um, you can you can read it in full, which I, I very much suggest that you do. Um, but what do we have here? So Son of Stoshi says, once I started to uncover some of the information on the Stacks blockchain roadmap website, he realized that this was another Ethereum wannabe. Apparently, it's, it's basically just Ethereum on top of Bitcoin, so it makes sense. Yet another blockchain trying to solve problems in Bitcoin that don't really exist or are currently being worked on at the pace Bitcoin allows. This is behavior typical of computer engineers that enter the cryptocurrency space. They always want to break things and build fast. To utilize the Stacks blockchain, participants had to burn to send their Bitcoin to a wallet address where they were going to be lost for the rest of time. Phil, did I read? I think I read that right. Yeah, it's, not, it's not lost to, to, to the rest of time. It's, it, it's lost... To to the devs it's donated stacks. donated to the community or <laughs> whatever yeah okay to to get the chain's native token stx and the fuel cost yes just like ethereum's was to be paid in bitcoin if this doesn't make you raise an eyebrow keep reading i'm well i, I i've definitely had my eyebrows raised but i'm going to proceed nonetheless they called this token burn mechanism proof of burn I think these lot are going to... I think Satan's going to enjoy their proof of burn in hell, to be honest. Anyway, why would anyone destroy their Bitcoin to operate on this blockchain when there are hundreds of others that do the same without the insane opportunity cost? This was clear to me after reading the original white paper, as it turned out the developers and marketers of Stacks realized this as well. Their ESG-esque inspired the idea of proof of burn, a mechanism they claim reused other proof-of-work chain tokens, in this case exclusively Bitcoins, to prove that some type of energy was ultimately used to secure the blockchain and mine stacks, a crypto parasite of sorts. They argued that utilizing this method makes their chain greener to run, send Bitcoin to a burn address, their version of mining, get stacks and use stacks for, for their applications in the form of gas. Applications that aren't solving any problems, but rather just a solution looking for problems like every other altcoin. I'm going to read that last one again. This is so true for even the kind of well-intentioned shitcoins, which there really aren't very many. They're always... It's, it's some piece of technology that's looking for some application. They haven't, they haven't focused on a true problem and then trying uh, tried to solve it they've they've built some funky contraption and they're trying to use it somehow for something makes me wonder if they had like some huge esg government handout you know because now when you create green and greener and greener on top of green you know there's usually money flowing with that so just so saying i, I, I always think when point, i when i sorry when i 
sorry what you're describing there is is something I've, I've referenced before when it comes to scammers and i call it politicized niceness essentially um it, it's kind of a, it's it's all about a pr show if they if they can make themselves look good um by 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 being nice which may be in this situation speaking the esg language um then they can kind of build more more influence um um and it, but it's it's all manipulative behavior you know and proof of burn i mean it just makes me think of i really do believe that nowadays people test other people and how far can they go it's just the bullshit they're trying to put out and who's going to take it seriously because there's very few people in society nowadays that will actually point a finger and laugh really loud you know especially after what we've been through in the last three years it's just like people just like don't have the radar on anymore it's just like they're like whatever i don't want to get involved like don't look at me you know <laughs> so you know what's just, what's really sad is um i actually know a few bitcoiners these are people that i started um you know tinkering on, on lightning with you know back in like 2018 2019 and and these were you know bitcoiners bitcoiners and and then all of a sudden one day you know one of them sends me a link and and says hey what do you think of this project and they send me a link to this, you know, this thing, Stacks. And not even, you know, I said, all right, I'll, I'll take a look. But I'm like, look, I mean, if it's not Bitcoin, it's, it's just bullshit. Um, he's like, no, no, no. You know, he's adamant. He's like, well, wait a second. You know, he's like, this is built on top of Bitcoin. I'm like, well, there's already liquid. There's already lightning. I go, we don't need any new tokens. Well, you, you don't, I'm not sure about that. And mm -hmm. I, I mean, look, it took me maybe, what, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, it's exactly what Walton said. It's like Ethereum. And the key to it is what they said. You're going to use it for gas. Gas for what? What exactly? Yeah. Okay. Like what, what do people think that they're doing there? And of course their use case. Okay. This is one of, cause I, I've, I've read through multiple threads. Uh, I'm totally forgetting his name. The, uh, the, the head guy from Stacks, uh, even though it's just like Bitcoin, um, but they have a head Mun guy. Munib. 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 Thank you very much. Yeah. And he is, so first of all, I have to give him props. He is an excellent speaker, okay? He has a great tone, okay? And those things matter when you're explaining very complex things. And I believe that he is, to a certain extent, able to win people over. But if you are actually here for Bitcoin, for hard money, for something that the government can't mess with, you're not gonna listen to it. You're not gonna listen to the bullshit. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, he's just a Bitcoin grifter. He's just the... I love Bitcoin so much that I built on Bitcoin. So here's my shitcoin. <laughs> like literally, that's yeah. what he did. It's uh, you know, lately, uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't know why I got back into this kick. Uh, I love learning about uh, ancient history and world history and wars and like the the subject matter that brought the war into effect. And when you study Weimar Germany, you realize the inflation and the depression and you know the. The, the way those people in, in, in Germany felt after they lost World War One and they just they lost those they lost they lost them their sense of self. And then you have a guy who's, you know, Adolf Hitler who comes, who fought in World War One and, and he wanted to become get into the military and they wouldn't let him because the military was being disbanded and there was no room for him. And he starts going into these pubs and starts you know, creating a whole bunch of noise and ruckus. And ultimately he goes to jail and writes my cop and does all this stuff. But I've been watching, uh, like a, a good movie I just watched on Netflix was um, All Quiet on the Western Front. It's kind of the world war perspective from the German side. And then I was watching uh, another one called, uh, it's actually just called Hitler. Um, uh, and, and then it's something else, but it's mainly just Hitler. And it's basically a documentary about all the documenting that he did about himself while he was going out giving presentations and really used that information about himself, his hands gestures, his body language, his facial expressions, the words he used and how the crowds reacted to it. And then so he did so many speeches and he was so critical of himself, he could he built up this persona of this completely fake person that he knew that the crowds would enjoy. And it seems like that's what a lot of these shitcoin uh, CEOs are really doing. They're they're very focused on themselves. They're very selfish individuals, but they're great speakers. And how do they get to be great speakers? Because they focused on themselves and they saw, but they also focused on how other people were reacting. It's called to their... having a high political quotient. Okay. 
there, there, you you made an amazing there, there, there you go. But as you have these people who are now their money is being inflated away from them, they're having to work harder every single year. Their savings is, are, are dwindling down, be, down because every time they go to the grocery store or the gas station, they're spending more money than they used to. So they don't have the ability to save. They're looking for a way out. They're looking for a scapegoat. They're looking for a savior. And in, in Hitler's case, you know, he his party that he created was that saving grace to to a certain extent. Obviously, it wasn't. And I'm not trying to say that he was a good person or he you, did good no, things. You, you, he you absolutely we, we get <laughs> he did. But, you know, it's you, you get the sense of people want prosperity. They want choice. They want to have fun. They want to enjoy life. And when you take that away from them, which our central banks are doing through inflation and our governments are doing through uh, unnecessary taxation and whatnot, you create this this sense of, you know, a lack of self of, of self-worth. And then the governments, they turn back around, they say, OK, now we're going to re-identify you. We're going to give you a like, we're going to give you a sense of self. We're going to give you a sense of purpose. All you have to do is join our group. You know, uh, all you have to do is. Buy our, buy our CBDC, you know, buy our, uh, our, our, our new currency, um, you know, give us more in taxes, save, you know, all these, all these other things. So you, you just see it, you see it in the global perspective and you see it in the shitcoin perspective, but both are focused on the same human character trait, if that makes sense. Yeah, they're about abusing the high time preference that's been cultivated in the fiat world. That's what shitcoiners do. Um, there, you know, there's lots of people that are essentially lost souls that are, um, you know, looking looking for a, a ticket to to make it because many of them are are desperate. Um, yeah, in a world with 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 crazy inflation, um, it's 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 quite unsurprising. Um, yeah, I'm going to share one further quotation from from the article. Um, that that um. Son of Stats came up with, uh, once again, it's about stacks. And he said, I came up with a very interesting analogy we'll write in this piece. It's relation is more akin to a passenger at a train station looking at a digital clock, Bitcoin, for reference that tells him to rush to catch a high-speed train of complexity, stacks blockchain, that will most likely derail at full speed with all of its passengers in it. Aboard this train at your own risk, or rather never even consider buying a ticket to board it. The point is, is that, essentially many many of these uh things that claim to be on bitcoin are just looking at bitcoin um um and it, it's unsurprising because you know what what you know they're ugly right and what is the what do the uglies want to do they want they want to look at the the, the perfectly created creature bitcoin I think yeah. it's it's also it's, it's amazing how how many people like you said you know this was an older or older buddy of yours like 2018 you said um, you know people that have been in Bitcoin for quite a, a good amount of time are kind of becoming antsy because there's this narrative out there that like Bitcoin is not innovative enough or something like that you know and if you think about it like there is a difference in between code and Bitcoin Bitcoin is money code is not money right so if you're a developer like. You know, cool that you get to work on exciting new stuff, but like Bitcoin is solid and Bitcoin works for that reason that it's solid and slow and, you know, doesn't have crazy new innovation like every week coming through, you know? And so I, I just, you know, we've, we have personal friends, actually the person that got us both into Bitcoin, you know, ended up in a lot of shit coins and we don't know how that happened, but it happened, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah, it seems there, there's so much fog going around. Was there 19,000 different shit coins out there now? And, and only one Bitcoin. And all of them start the same way. We're just like Bitcoin, only better. It's like, if you're so good, why do you even have to bring up Bitcoin? Why is it a comparison in what you're doing at all? And first of all, it has to be. Otherwise, you're never going to grow the network effect of that. But I think, you know, the white paper could have been like shrunk down to almost like one or two sentences. And all it has to say is, you know, Bitcoin is a peer-to-peer -peer value transfer system. That's it. That's all it is. That's all it's supposed to be. That's all we want it to be, and it works. And I just want to uh, I just want to add um, a point to what you said earlier when we were talking about World War II. For the people that are interested, a fantastic book is uh, about specifically about Weimar Germany when money dies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is that is an, an amazing book. It's very eye opening. Um, to be perfectly honest, it's it's good because it it takes out all of the ridiculous 
nuance uh, about personal things, right? Uh, such as beliefs and religion and all of that garbage and uh, leaves it and, and essentially leaves it where it lies, right? Which is, these are the bankers, these are the incentives, and this is what they've done. And now everybody's screwed. Like that that's really what ended up happening to these people. And it's just, you know, don't get me wrong, but greed brought them there. You know, this is again, right? Like you see that this is the whole thing. Fiat has hijacked greed and, and essentially put us into like an overdrive of creating terrible, painful realities. Okay. And it's because our money is garbage. It forces us in indirectly. Phil, I don't think greed is the decisions. problem. Greed's no, not, not the problem. It's no, no, the, it's no, no. I'm the not lack greed of accountability. Is the problem, Walton. I'm saying that it's been hijacked, right? Think of the way that greed is used for good in Bitcoin, right? With fiat, if you use greed in respect to fiat, it has you going down, goose-stepped down into a path of cruelty. Because what are you doing? You're creating a revolution of lowered expectations. Your fiat money is worth less and less. Therefore, you must earn more and more. Therefore, you must offer lower and lower quality. Or you lie and you scam. Mm -hmm. Anyways, just uh, just my thoughts on that piece. Are, uh, do well, we you have put any... your prices up. That too, right? You put your prices up. And but I think we've seen that, right? To, but you still have to lower your quality. That's for the, years, that, that's kind for of the years and years, I think we've seen all sorts of businesses absorbing inflation by reducing quality, by um, you know, cutting staff, mm -hmm. by 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 reducing training of staff. There's all these little factors where they've already been trimming all of the fat. There's no there's no fat left to trim, and so they've all got to raise their prices. I think that's why we're seeing so much. You know, you don't you don't you're not just seeing. This is why you know the the that you're it's. The restaurant, I see restaurant bills going crazy over the last like eighteen months. It's not just like yeah, okay, food and energy, but that compounds, you know, with the staffing or rather lack of staffing because of you know handouts. Service businesses are, are getting absolutely wrecked. So guys, yeah, go and orange pill the service businesses that you care about, and go and spend go and spend some money there because yeah, we want we want we don't want to orange pill everyone. This isn't about getting everyone to survive, but you want to orange pill the businesses that you want to spend money at because otherwise you won't be able to continue to use their, their products and services um, in, in the long term because they will not survive unless they're on a Bitcoin standard. And on yeah, that which, note, what you're explaining oh, is like shrinkflation, right? It's, it's, it's all shrinkflation. You know, you go to a, you go to a, a, a restaurant and you used to be a 10-ounce steak, then it was an 8-ounce steak, and now it's a 6-ounce steak for yeah. you know more money more expensive anyway yeah. guys I, I think that that neatly neatly brings the shitcoin corner to a wrap um we've got a few questions uh for you guys if you don't if you don't mind all right we are gonna dive into our interview portion of the show and like we said like you guys have seen we've got chris and frida here and once upon a time they wrote bitcoin for kiddos the story of bitcoin a very easy fun read and more most recently i should say they came out with this awesome book which i've been enjoying and is i find absolutely hilarious 99 signs you might be a bitcoin maximalist now before we take a but before we dive into some of the pages in this book which i i think you guys picked like every single freaking use case i could think of like it didn't matter where i scrolled i was like oh yeah that's i i did start doing that but so why why did the, what inspired you guys to to write to write this? Because this is extremely entertaining and and very light and funny and I I think it's like it's one of those things where you see the book in hindsight it was inevitable. Yeah, yeah that that's kind of where it came from too. Just spending countless hours on YouTube, just reading everybody's comments and you know there's so much situation uh, on Twitter. Yeah, there's so much situational stuff that happens on there and uh, you know Bitcoin is kind of a hive mind if you will, like Michael Saylor talks a lot about. And so I just realized that many of us are having all the same conversations and having all the same engagements and reading all the same books and, uh, and, and doing a lot of the same stuff. But we live on opposite ends of the world because we're all decentralized from one another. And Bitcoin is still such a small community. You can't just go down the street and hope that you know, your friend is a, is a Bitcoiner also that you can have these conversations with. And I just wanted to uh, create something that you know every Bitcoiner uh, who's either a hardcore Bitcoiner or just getting into Bitcoin 
realizes that there is a community of people here that are just like you who are experiencing life the same way. And although you can't talk to them every day, you can still engage in the same kind of, you know, have the same kind of banter and, you know, uh, comedy about situational stuff that happens every day. Yeah, it was really fun for me. It really started out with, you know, we, we would just like throw little things at each other. Like, oh, ha, ha, this is so funny. A Bitcoin Maxi would do this and that, you know, and we just kind of like, we we, we started keeping like a little notepad. I, I did in my phone, like where like I wrote down five things of like just hilarious stuff. And, you know, we were kind of thinking of how to do that. And then Chris just started writing a list one night and he just like kept writing, kept writing. And then we were actually in El Salvador on vacation, and that's where a lot of these pictures were drawn. So we were at Bitcoin Beach when a lot of this book was created. Oh my gosh! So you're in like the the perfect environment with the you know what I mean the perfect uh, motivators. And you know what I'm gonna as you were talking, I started to dig through the the pages that I I specifically wanted to talk about. So on yeah. okay, so sign number five, you've stopped a conversation because Bitcoin was crashing, and you had to buy more. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say that I have done this on several occasions um, and it doesn't stop. So yeah. Walton, has, has this been you? Yes. <laughs> and, and you notice how we don't think anything wrong with it, right? We're just like, oh, oh yeah, no, it's okay. We'll talk about this later. Hold on a second. Something else I got to do right now. In fairness, we'd probably already pivoted the conversation to Bitcoin. And so that already was the topic of the conversation. It's true. Right. Yeah. Got to buy the dip. There's no excuse. Okay, this one, this one is it, I definitely hit home. Okay, it's page thirteen. You sign number seven, I should say. You know what KYC, um, NGMI, which is not going to make it, POW, proof of work, and have fun staying poor mean. And I, I will say this: when a lot of people come into Bitcoin, and more specifically into Bitcoin Twitter, uh, you realize that you have no idea what version of English they are speaking. Um, yeah. You're like, all right, these these things look like they could be familiar words, but I have no idea. Um, I got to ask you guys, what, you know what, what's your favorite? I, I want a different one from each of you. If, you know, what's your favorite sign that you are a Bitcoin maximalist? And I will go first. Frida, you go first. Oh, man. Favorite one. Um, I, I have a lot. I, I personally like the one where the dad is walking and I don't remember the oh, sign to the, number. To the beginning, I think it's in the top Yeah, 10. it's like the dad is walking with the two kids and, uh, you know, what do we tell people that don't like Bitcoin? And one of the kids says, like, have fun staying poor. Sign 15. <laughs> you told someone have fun staying poor. And so the dad says, and what do we say to people that hate Bitcoin, right? And, and it's like, yeah, I love that one. Because awesome. it's just so relatable, you know, as as we teach our kids, as we, you know, grow with them, it's it's fun. You know, our, our son actually had a school project the other day where he was making a a paper vest. They all had to have a, a vest that was a specific theme. And so his was the letter B. And, you know, we had to put a big Bitcoin sign on there. I mean, we kind of like asked him, hey, what else starts with B that's the money? And he's like, Bitcoin. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> We're doing oh, our job. Awesome. Yeah, and good. here's here's sign number 41. Uh, I remember going through this. Okay. Your favorite yep. clothes have the Bitcoin symbol. On them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, true. I disagree on that one because it's, to me it's a it's a bad I was say an thing. thing. So yeah, yeah I got given a Bitcoin t-shirt, but I I have never <laughs> bought anything with a big certainly not with like if it was I don't know. If it was HFSP, like maybe, but it's it, to me you got to have not too massive bitcoin kind of thing you, over the clothing i don't you know disagree what's with fun you, but... though you, you know what's fun though like I've, I've had it like three times happen to me right, right now because i actually made the conscious effort like the last couple of months to wear a lot of very big bitcoin stuff and i get called out on it like there will be this guy or a girl down the parking lot saying hey i really like your shirt and they're like screaming at me and i kind of want to go up and be like what's your twitter handle let's connect you know but it it, it, it seems i don't know how to approach that situation quite yet but i love like knowing that there's bitcoiners living around me you know <laughs> i i don't disagree with you walton um but i just want to point out it was the favorite clothes it doesn't mean that you're always wearing them out and you know trying to get mugged. It just means it's your favorite clothes. So it just. But I do agree with you. When I read that one, I was like, eh, "Opsec." I'm like, "But my favorite shirts are my Bitcoin shirts." Okay, wait. Yeah. There's there's more. There's more that I was I was dying oh, of. Super. Here we go. Um, 
Okay, here we go. This this was by far one of my favorites. Sign 45. You keep repeating to the same people that Bitcoin and crypto are not the same. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so true. It's so true. I love it. I love it. Okay, I've got one last one here. Okay, where is it? Okay. Hold on, we haven't heard Chris's Hold favorite. On, okay. Oh, oh, go, Chris. Tell me which one's no, your favorite I, I think, one. I'm sorry, I think, I'm getting I think sucked I into the book. The it's a uh, sign 65. This is uh, hands down my my favorite page. I've definitely done this. It says uh, you've interrupted the conversation to talk about Bitcoin, and it's got three guys who were talking. And uh, the first guy says, "That's so great, you're getting married." And the second guy says, "Yeah, I was hoping you'd be my best man." And then a third guy comes in the middle and butts in the conversation and says, "Hey guys, you should really check out Bitcoin. Could be the most important decision of your life." <laughs> Just so you know, that was literally the last page that that I had that I had written down for example. So I oh nice. I do agree with you that that is one of my favorites <laughs> as well, and 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 it's so true. Um, how many times that that meme is is so accurate, right? You're sitting in a conversation, they're all talking about all this random stuff, the lawn, fertilizer, chopping wood, yeah. who knows what garbage, and you're just like, you know, the government's printing away our money. We should probably be talking <laughs> about Bitcoin. <laughs> You have know me friends. You have know me friends. I do. I have like three. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out. The list is is shrinking every day. Yeah, but we do have them, and you know, like actually, uh, it it was a nice conversation. Like as we created the book, you know, we always like pull in our direct neighbors because we have loose pages and loose drawings, and people just stop by our house, and so we like run them by stuff randomly, and we actually got some really good questions out of them. Like the, the no, the no Bitcoiners, you know, the ones that are like scared on the, on the sidelines thinking we're going to, that Bitcoin is going to crash any day and they, they, they still feel so bad for us for having it, you know. <laughs> just, just one final question for you. Where can Bitcoiners get these books and is there a special kind of deal that maybe we could offer them? What do you think? Yeah, so we, we you can find us on our website, BTC Publish. Uh, you can also go for bitcoinforkiddos.com or bitcoinformaxis.com and it'll all get you to the btcpublish.com website. And then we have for you guys, Pleb Underground will get you 15% off any orders. Very nice. cool. Thank thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, guys, yeah. absolutely amazing to have you on the show and just a reminder what Frida just said, Pleb Underground gets you 15% off at btcpublish.com. We are going to put a link to that in the show notes. We're going to put the uh, the code as well in the show notes. And guys, that's it. This wraps up our show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. If you want to stream us sats, stream us sats through Breeze on Fountain.fm. Don't forget to check out the Bitcoin Council of Autism. Walton hosts these amazing spaces every week. And of course, of course... BT Weekly. BT Weekly, that's right. Of everything <laughs> happening on Bitcoin Twitter. Now, Can't even remember Phil. all the stuff we're shilling. Yeah, too many things. But yeah, guys, look look out for pleb content, pleb brands, pleb businesses. Support them and 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 tell us about them because we're always looking um, to platform other plebs um, working tirelessly um, for their families, but also to spread the good word of Bitcoin. Guys, I just have one final thought, and that's fuck shitcoins. It's been a pleasure. And just to quote our awesome guests, governments are really zombie governments. Catch you all next time.